Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, and welcome back to the Have We Made It Yet podcast. I am your co-host, the comedian Josh Yang. Oh, and I am the actor portion of this podcast, Lucas Ng. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And we are co-hosts of the podcast where a bunch of creatives talk about the process of making it uh, from the beginning to the inevitable end that we all, sorry, that went a little dark there. Um, but yes, but all the ups and downs of making it, you know, the highs, the lows, and we just want to be able to share that process through this podcast. Um, Lucas, you know, in order to get things going, got to ask you that question. Have you made it yet? Wow. You're already asking me at the one minute mark of this intro. God damn, Josh. Is it because we have a pretty big guest today? Is that why? I think so. Just, I think just so. Speed yeah. through this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get rid of our preamble first. Uh, no, I have not made it yet. Mm. Um, but uh, two things. So after seven months, I finally got a haircut, which feels good. Literal weight off my head feels mm. good. Um, and, and second, uh, I went to my first rehearsal of a, of a film that I'll be, of a short film that I'll be filming uh, later this year, which nice. was cool. So I got to meet the director in person. Uh, we did a rehearsal with my co-star outside, you know, all COVID protocols and all that stuff too. So it was just cool to, to really like meet my collaborators and everything. So I'm really excited for this film that's going to come out and uh, it should be really good. Thirdly, I, I did want to say this one thing. Um, I'm currently uh, prepping for a scene that I'll be filming on Friday uh, so it, it is something that I, that I am working on that I've been working on this whole week. Uh, I recently met up just before this recording. I met up with some of my um, actor friends over Zoom to just talk about the script, run it through with them. They gave me some notes, some feedback. But I just want to emphasize the importance of community in this creative pursuit that we're going under because mm. it might feel incredibly lonely. But the moment you have great friends that can bounce off ideas with you and also talk to you about how to get things to a better level, then by all means, keep them because they are incredible people that want to see you succeed and also want to see them succeed. Um, those are my three things. Oh, Mr. Josh Yang. Yes. Have you made it yet? I have not. And I have no updates to give. Uh, oh, nothing interesting happening to me. Uh, I did also get a haircut, but I only trimmed a couple inches off of it because I had a last minute uh, moment of crisis. Like, who who am I now without the long hair that I've wow. had for a while? So I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I'll uh, 
I'll just take my time with it. I'll just, I'll just cut it shorter over a period of time, get more used to it. Um, but uh, see if see if the you know the medium long hair ish kind of thing. Uh, okay, I, I, I'll give it another shot. I give it another shot. Um, Still looks good. Well, thank you. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was it was just a little bit of a trim there, and it might still get pretty long, so I'll just have to trim it in the future. Either way, either way, minor identity crisis over. Um, yeah, comedy is coming back to Toronto. It seems like you know when we're en- we're going to enter stage three soon, uh, July sixteen or seventeen or something like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, as things open up, bars open up, it feels like we're finally turning the corner. So uh, these shows, it looks like they're probably going to come back. I saw a thing. Saw a posting uh, for, about Absolute Comedy. I believe that uh, they're going to start putting on live shows again. Um, so that's good to see. And hopefully, with more things popping back up, there'll be more opportunities to go ahead and do do spots. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, I got to try to you know finish up and do some more writing there. But mm-hmm. yeah, looking good on the horizon. Everyone needs to see Josh live when the bars do open up again because. Two thumbs up, man. This guy's damn hilarious. Oh, oh. I mean, we're we're in this to self-promote. So thank you. Thank you, Lucas, for, for doing that. Um, but yes, let's, without further ado, let's get to our guest for today. I right. met our current guest, surprise, surprise, at church years ago, which oh. seems to be a ongoing uh, theme in a lot of our episodes. Mm-hmm. Just a bunch of churchgoers that decided to go into creatives and art and arts. Um, But yeah, I met, I met him uh, through church years ago. Didn't realize he was uh, into film until a few years ago when I found out he was, uh, he entered the motion pictures arts program at Capilano university focusing on directing. So um, that was a, that was a a kind of surprising news to hear. uh, And also, you know, pleasantly surprising because uh, it was nice to see, uh, another Asian person who's interested in things outside of your traditional Asian streams of, of employment and, and life. And um, yeah, really, you know, admired him for taking the courage uh, to plunge into uh, the picture motion pictures program, get into mm-hmm. the industry at a young age and uh, really know that this was uh, his passion and wanted to pursue it. And uh, yeah, I remember doing that, him going to that a few years ago and then, you know, moved to Toronto, um, you know, doing other stuff. And then I saw on Facebook a couple months ago that he released a short trailer for his short film uh, called Go For Broke, which was his final project out of the Capilano University uh, program. And it looked like there was, uh, he was getting some good responses, good feedback from it. Uh, submitting to different film festivals. Uh, he actually won uh, Best Short Film at the New York International Film Awards for the month of May, which was uh, great to see. Uh, very happy for him to, to get that kind of recognition from, from his final project. And I thought it was, it, was, uh, it was cool to see and try to get him on to talk to him about it because I remember when he was like kind of just a student there and now coming out of it, you know, he's got this short film. He's do, going through the process of like the film circuit, um, short film circuit. So that's an experience I think, you know, would be interesting to dive into. And I'm very excited to have him on. Uh, please welcome William Wu. Woo! Hey! 
<laughs> Thank you for the introduction. I did not expect that at all. I was expecting a simple, this is William, here, and there you go. <laughs> well, well, we need to, as, as, as creators, we need to build and frame a story. We got we to, gotta, you know, yeah. bring the viewers and listeners in. But um, yeah, William, really happy to, to see uh, the success with the short film that you've gotten so far and excited to see where it's going, which leads to, you know, this question. You're just coming out of the, the film program. You're starting to work in the industry. But, you know, I have to ask you this question now because we need we need a post. We need a we need a we need a, a marker in the road. Have you made it yet? Yeah, that's a really good question. I did a lot of thinking and reflecting on that. And my answer is no, I don't think we made it yet. Uh, may not be today, may not be tomorrow, but I believe it will be someday. And just thinking back of the past and what I experienced, there is nothing but gratitude and thankfulness that has just washed over me. Uh, even though I've been through four years of the film program and going through so many, many ups and downs and to come out with it with directing a personal short film on a topic I'm passionate about and also getting hired to work on a few Disney films on a TV shows and whatnot at a young age at 22 is really awesome to see how far I've done, but I feel like there's so much more ahead and I feel there's so much more for me to learn. And so it is not fair for me to fully stop and say, yes, I have enough, like, because right now I have a lot more in me and I just want to keep going. Nice. That's, Hey, that's, that's what we want to hear. Um, and, and it is really, it really is like a good, a great start coming out of, um, out of film school and being able to, to really hit the ground running. Um, I will, we'll touch on the, the short and go more in depth a little bit later, but I do want to, you know, ask you first, you know, what kind of inspired you to start, you know, really thinking about directing and pursuing this, you know, uh, you know, it's not stable. It, it's, it's a tough industry to crack and go into and pursue, but what was it, uh, that really pushed you, inspired you to know that this is what the career path you wanted to choose? Yeah, I think it all comes down to the very beginning of where it came from. And for me as a kid growing up, I wasn't really good at any subjects like math, science, biology, chemistry, calculus. Those things were bad. I would get like 50% <laughs> or less. But the part that I always enjoyed the most as a kid was watching movies. And it all started with my dad and I just spending the weekends watching movies like mm-hmm. Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones, James Bond. And then when I start looking at the behind the scenes and seeing the creation behind it, I had this realization that people actually do this for a living, that people mm-hmm. actually get to be creative as a full-time work. And so that inspired me to try film school and see if that is the passion that I wanted to do. Um, during first year, I didn't think about being a director until a little bit later. Mm -hmm. I thought my passion was in camera. I thought I had editing background. I thought my arts was the one that would speak to me. But after a while, like directing draws me in more because I completely fell in love with the process of telling a, a concept to a file development. I feel like it is such a reassuring and such a amazing experience for any person to see that process to think of an idea think about concept and to see it come to life through hard work and through collaboration mm-hmm. and to me that is 
the reason why I love directing so much is not about being the best person as a storyteller, it's not being the best person in your arts, it is the middle ground person to uh, gather as much creators, gather as much creative people as much as possible, point them in a common direction. Yeah. And the directors I look up to the most is, um, his name is Pete Doctor. He's a director at Pixar that um, did films like Monster Inc., Up, mm. Inside Out. He did a most recent film with Soul. Mm. And a couple of weeks ago, there was this uh, online virtual Rotten Tomato Q&A show. And I was able to attend that. And I was able to ask my question to him. And I was, I was one of the top five people to have his, their question asked. And I asked him is, you know, what are some key qualities should directors strive for? What is Mm -hmm. it that sure all directors should be like to be in the position that you're in? Mm -hmm. And he explained to me that you should have, you know, the courage to do trial and errors, like to Mm -hmm. keep trying, embracing mistakes and to appreciate the process that things are not always as perfect mm-hmm. and so yeah keep trying keep developing and he also created this imagery in my head that each creator should have the intention of having a venn diagram so having these two oh. circles mm-hmm. and when you tell a story like can you tell a story where everyone can fit in the middle circle rather than to be in the polar opposite of the spectrum mm. and he kept telling us like in every story we love and every story that we fall in love with, we do that because we see ourselves in that character or we see ourselves in that world. And to me, that really amplifies the reason why storytelling is so important, why directing is so important, because it is so bigger than we expected. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of my pitch of why I love directing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love that whole aspect that you brought up in terms of uh, it's a whole collab- collaborative craft. Like you, you as a director are not just like king of king or queen of the set. Like you are collaborating with other people, but also having a point of perseverance because trial and error is incredibly scary. But you need to be pushing through to to uh, find your hits and misses too. Um, in terms of collaborating that you've had with different people, it, it, was there a time during the, the short films that you've made that has really pushed you in terms of um, understanding everyone's different skill sets and then still having that collaborative spirit to push on to create something that you love and the team loves? Absolutely. It's an ongoing battle in a way. Like it is not always perfect in the beginning and mm-hmm as a director is always within your best responsibility to always prioritize story as much as possible also prioritizing how others will feel and be honest with each other be honest with how it may look and how it may feel and how it made people may react um to me that's the process that i love doing the most that will be in, in table reads or within constant meetings i always have this honest opinion about what you guys think what you guys think about the story that we have. And as a director and the person leading the story, you are vulnerable of accepting criticism and accepting feedback. And it's scary. It is a very scary position to be in. But Mm -hmm. I really embrace that because I truly believe that any sort of feedback you receive should come from a good 
heart and from, from good intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's good to catch those mistakes early on rather than to see it mm-hmm. on the bigger picture. And those type of feedback are more valuable because it shows you what things are working, what's not working. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to having that expectation, having that level of perseverance and acceptance, I, I for me, I love leading by action. I don't like telling people what to do. That's not in my blood. Mm-hmm. Like when, see, when people mm-hmm. see me like taking all these feedback and taking all these hits and taking all these criticism and somehow turning those into a beneficial growth and improving and beneficial growth and changing, that in a way kind of create this infectious behavior for all the departments in my camera department, art department and costume to also lead that way as well within departments of taking these feedbacks, having conversations, seeing what's working, what's not working, and then move on from there. And to me, that can possibly lead to the success of a short film of why it's so strong compared to others is the fact that we did this different countless version multiple, multiple times and not being shy of mistakes, not being shy of our failures because we want to tell the best story as much as possible. But how can we know that it's good unless we see the bad side of it first? True, true. Yeah. And and I think that's a, a very like healthy way of approaching it as well. Um, when, when there is a certain level of like accountability and openness to different perspectives, um, I, especially if it's like, say, directing and like you do come across like rather contentious, you know, op- opposing views, like how are you able to really come together and like identify the the positive elements of those opposing viewpoints and try to extract the the best part of it and um and still be able to move work forward uh prof- like professionally i'm wondering then for like just the, like the day-to-day processes of uh of directing and i guess also for directing uh this short film go for broke um you mentioned in like your posts uh about the film that this was like the most challenging film you've had to direct and you know taking a look at the progression of the program as well this is like the culmination of your program uh in this final project and no doubt you had you know a lot more pressure on it what would you say was the um most challenging aspect or potentially to put in another view like what was the biggest lesson you also learned from it yeah i i I love those two questions i might do both at the same time to see like what are the challenges and then how I learned from that. Um, I think to me, looking back of the short film that we created Go for Broke, there was a lot of ups and downs. And I have to be honest, it's not a clean process, even during the pre-production of concept into the very end. It is a constant, constant battle and a constant decision to persevere and to move forward. I think one of the biggest challenge in the beginning was... <clears throat> like pitching ideas to the school and to kind of get their thoughts and their opinion on whether or not this film should be created in the first place. Mm. And and I received a lot of feedback saying that this is too ambitious. This is too unrealistic. There's just no way this can be done within a a student level project that this cannot be done. And if I break it down to the common elements of my short film, there's, you know, romance takes place in World War II. There's a fighter plane. There's a period piece. Like this in itself is like a major, major concept to deliver. And 
that was the first challenge I faced. But then I kept going. I, I really believe in this concept. And prior to this, I made other short films. I made like really small snippet, like two, three minutes short film around this topic for me to explore and to kind of see whether or not this concept is worth it or not. And I show this to my closest friends, the people I really care about, I really trust most. And I get their opinion and they're just completely invested in this concept, completely invested Mm -hmm. in this idea. And so that kind kind of taught me that although majority of the people may not support or approve this, look to those who you care the most look to those that you really trust the most can hear their opinions and it all started with one person and that was the main character of the short film called steve Perroki. his name is jerry die we met in in 2018 through a school project and he was the first one to really believe in this he really thought that this is something that was worth telling and that is worth putting all this effort and Mm. so he was the one that kept going with me all this time and when i see that that inspired me to keep moving forward i think the second most biggest challenge that we face and i think we can all agree with this is the pandemic um yeah right and uh this i am extremely grateful to say this but we literally filmed this of the live action portion like the week before the lockdown it happened in the beginning of march and in mid-march we were just we were just literally gave, giving the camera back to the school. We're giving the equipment wow. back. And we just learned that school is shutting down. And from a creator and from a student, we really rely on the school's resources. Mm-hmm. Like they have the best equipment, the best computers, the best sound booth, like all the equipment you can think of, like thousands, thousands of dollars invested is all within this building. And we learned that we don't have access to that. And so we're just left all separated in different parts of our homes and to mm-hmm. continue on with the short film. Um, the school didn't really care whether or not our film was complete or not. They really oh. care about, you know, just get as much as you've done. But when, when school is over, you're it. That's it. Like, whatever you, you made, that's it. You can keep. But that's mm-hmm. it. And uh, that was their mm-hmm. intention because it is so new. And so I am left with, with our film completely not 100%. Mm-hmm. And there are some pieces of that that we want to refilm, we want to redo again, but we don't have that option. And so that was a big challenge for me is to start from scratch again and to, wow. and to, to figure out, like, can we finish this film in a new world, in a new uh, uh, sort of concept? And so this is something that we never experienced before. Mm-hmm. And so I, it took me a couple of months. Like we didn't, we didn't, worry about the, the, the school we didn't worry about our project i let my team kind of reset and kind of reflect and figure out like what is the best options mm-hmm. but you know a couple of months later during the summer of 2020 with no work uh the film the film industry is completely shut down and there's like no hope for the future basically like there's this completely big level of uncertainty yeah. I, I kind of look at my short film and feel like, well, I have all the time in the world. Might as well get back to this and start editing with my team and do this virtually. Yeah. And that was the best decision I made because it really kept me focused on what I've been doing. It gave me a reason to work on this and to be creative and have something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And it grew to the point that we actually hire 
some visual effects students from the Capilano University program who were same position as we are, but then they're also looking for work. And so I decided to pay in my own pocket to hire them and to say, wow. hey, we have this short film. We need some help creating the plane fight scene. Are you interested? And they say, yes, let's do it. Mm -hmm. And so in a way, this crazy idea became a great foundation for other collaborators and for other creators to also pitch in and help us as well. And that taught me that this film isn't about me. This film is never about the director or the storyteller. It's about mm -hmm. the, the, the people, it's about the team, it's about the story. And that taught me to be more uh, grateful of what I have at the time and also be grateful for the people involved in this. And so, yeah. Yeah, I, I did want to ask you also just about like the people involved too. I couldn't believe you had a dogfight scene in, in that in that short film. Like that's ambitious for a student film, and it looked great too, man. Like the, I don't want to give out too much, but everyone should. Uh, yeah, when it does get out, everyone should really watch it. Um, I did want to ask you about like your approach to directing performance and everything. So th there's like two spectrums that I that I see two ends of the spectrum. There's like. Uh, not not sure if you watched them, but uh, the Safdie brothers that did like Uncut Gems and like uh, what else is there? A Good Time. They do mm -hmm. minimal blocking. They let improvisation just go. Mm -hmm. um, they just say whatever is natural. We trust the actors. Whereas mm -hmm. on the opposite end, there's like Michael Bay that is like very militant. Like they want he wants things exactly like it is on the script and everything like that, and really particular. In terms of directing performance, again, where do you land on that spectrum? I I don't want to be too loose or to be too stern. Uh, I have to be kind of somewhere in the middle, yeah. but I have been on both sides of the spectrum if <laughs> necessary. Yeah. Um, and you guys, you guys want to hear like what my directing approach is? Is that what you want to lead up to? Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Sure. Like for me, like when it comes to directing, I really value the actor's opinion. I really mm -hmm. value what the actors think, what the actors think. And I really value of like having some kind of, of like conversation or meeting before we even have any camera filming. Mm -hmm. my, my fondest memory is when like just a day, a few days before we start filming, I literally sat down with all my cast and crew, do a table read, but then I didn't really nitpick on the performance. Mm. I was really focusing on like, what do you think about the story? We think about your character. We you think about the direction we're in and they will express, you know, how they felt. And they will often express like some similar events or some similar real life situation where they can portray in their characters. Like for example, one of my actor, his name is Lyndon. He plays one of the characters who, acts as a tragic father like he lost oh yeah. you know his 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 son in the war and at the time he was actually having a new kid he said his oh. wife is pregnant and he's mm -hmm. expecting a child in, in a couple of weeks and i didn't know about this until me you told about it and so i asked him I was like well think of your character is, is tragic think about losing your child how would you behave <laughs> and he nailed it you know he really really nailed it and then Another part, another character I, I love working with, his name, is, his name is Kevin. He plays this villain, this really scary villain. And I literally talk to him and ask him how he feels. And he truly believes that his character 
is in the wrong, but at mm-hmm. the same time in the right. And he kind of sees mm-hmm. both sides of the playing field. Yes. And he did a lot of research. He did a lot of planning. He actually looked a bit about like, what did the people react during World War II and see how they behave mm-hmm. through real life story. And he believes that he can take that reference, take that information and apply it to his work. Mm-hmm. And literally on the very first take, he nailed it. He, he nailed it. It was to the point of why I just don't need to be in the studio. I just don't need to be there. Yeah. And that's the thing I love doing is that having that conversation, having that level of respect for each other creates more room for creativity, creates more room for different opinion. Mm-hmm. And to me, in the beginning, when I was directing and giving these actors some tips, I have a vision in the very beginning. And once I see that and once I'm satisfied, I will tell them, hey, we have 10 or 15 minutes left through the scene. Do whatever you want because we have what we needed. We have what we have. I'm okay with it. But it's up to you how you want to behave. And I got to tell you, like, one of the performances that I kept in the short film was because of that improvisation. And that was during the the confrontation between the hero and the villain. That Mm -hmm. intense moment was all done by through improv and that was really intense because even i wasn't expecting that at all and i felt that through the screen and so that was really important to to see that and see how amazing actors and actors can be wow yeah and um just just to be able to provide a little bit more backstory to to the short film as as we're talking about it so the short film go for broke is uh focused on a japanese american um enlisted uh man steve kuroki who enlists as a fighter pilot uh, in the u.s army air force uh within the story and this is and this is happening you know after pearl harbor and, and kind of the experience of japanese americans during world war ii um and it, it really goes into that experience of the enlisted um asian man in in america during that time and i just wanted to ask you in terms of like you mentioned your vision and and getting that collaboration with your actors to see what you know what they felt about the story is like what was it about this this topic this era um that really pushed you uh to really want to pursue it and and also, just to provide a little bit more tidbit, I know Go For Broke is the motto for the 442nd All-Japanese Infantry Regiment that you, you've you mentioned before in kind of your explanation of the film. Um, and it's something, it's interesting is because it's something I've also seen a lot of when I watch like World War II documentaries, like they'll have little bits on it, but you don't really go in in depth as much. Um, just so in that element, like go for broke, like what was the thing that really inspired you to to pursue this and expand it from what you said, like two, three minute short films before to now something around like 10 minutes? Yeah, this, like to me, it all comes down from the very beginning. Um, I have to tell you, I'll be honest with you, like I made another short film uh, before I made go for broke and I don't want to go too much in detail, but I had a really, really, really bad experience with it. It was completely oh. that 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 short film kind of like kind of rattles me about like is directing something I really want to do. Hmm. And so before I got into my my final year, I actually sat down and got my notebook and started thinking about okay, you went through half of your film program, you have a year left. You don't have much time, but you have a chance to create something. What is that you want to create? 
And so I literally wrote down, okay, William, what's your top 10 favorite films? And so I listed off and then I put down like Miyazaki Spirit Away or Pixar film Up, or I wrote down, you know, Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park. But then when I look back at my notebook, I noticed that four of the 10, four of the 10 films I chose were war films. It was Saber Pirate Ryan, Hacksaw Ridge, Dunkirk, and then at the time Pearl Harbor. And so it got me thinking, I was like, why are these films speaking to me? Why are these films getting my attentions? And so in, when I got back into the film program, we were assigned with another actor or actress, and we were assigned to create a two-minute monologue. You have two minutes to create this, and you have to either create the script from scratch or you either take script from the existing films and this was this was jerry this is the main character of our short film he's the one that started this and we sat down together and kind of explained what is it that we want to tell and we both agreed upon telling a war story mm-hmm. and most importantly telling a story within world war ii and so we did some research we, we did some google images to get some inspiration and we came across this photo of a, a japanese american completely dressed in his uniform as a, like a World War II bomber gunner. He has his leather jackets, but then he has this crazy smile. Like he's like really happy to be in this most dangerous place in the world. And we discovered that this person we discovered, his name is Ben Kuroki. And he is a real life uh, war hero who served in World War II as a Japanese American. And he became the only Japanese American to be able to fly overseas in the Pacific. Mm-hmm. And that got us thinking, but wow, there's actually a character that looked like us and has this crazy story. And so we did more digging and then we came across Go For Broke, the 442nd. And then we also learned about the, uh, the, the incarceration camps where Japanese American within Canada and US coast, like about like hundreds of thousands of family lost their homes, lost their business, and they were sent into these camps. But then the crazy part is that there were some men inside the camps who still want to volunteer, who still wants to serve, and he still wants to serve for the U.S. Army. And those were the 442nd. And so it was this crazy research, it was this crazy downhill discovery of going through history and seeing what type of story are not being told or what type of stories that are not being told enough. And so that really inspired us to create not just one short film but other small short films as well we actually made like two small short films in total which kind of explores the idea of this Mm -hmm. but then leading up to the final year of school and to get a chance to direct we took those concepts of what we learned from those two short films and then we just gave all 100 percent in our final short film Mm -hmm. and so that what led to this crazy journey is through looking back at history yeah, and th- there goes to be something to be said about um, casting for actual real people, which I'm sure is even harder because that person, I- I'm assuming, is still, is that person still alive? No. Uh, ben Kuroki? Yeah. Yeah, he, he passed away like a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. Mm. Oh, okay. But I- I'm sure still the pressure of portraying a real living person is, is probably hard when you're casting for that role there. Um in the casting process, though, are you are you the kind of director that is more more casting on the actual look of the actor? Like you want that actor to actually look like the person that you are 
referring to? Or is it just more of that feel that you kind of have the essence of that person nailed down more than just the looks? Absolutely. I, I have to say that performance beats appearance any day. Hmm. Um, when I was casting for the short film, we were actually shorthanded. Like we originally had a casting director, but she was unavailable. Oh. And so I was the only one there to kind of meet these people. Mm-hmm. But the funny part is I decided not to reveal to these auditioners that I am the director. Oh. I they told them, hey, I'm just a assistant casting director. I'm just here <laughs> to support my directing producer. I don't know what I did it. I was pretty tired, like having like four or five hours of sleep. I just wanted something to like get my energy up and get me like kind of in this, oh my God, I shouldn't be doing this. But I did mm-hmm. it anyway. And to me, that really gave some advantage or and people just felt more relaxed people felt more yeah. sure that yeah okay if this person is not the director is okay i can do what what, what what we can and to me the people that I casted the people that were in the in the final short film mm-hmm. i get to see them for the first time i get to interact with them the first time and not only do i really um look for the performance but also look at their level of collaboration look at how they react to different directions and often in the auditions i would tell them all right great thank you so for being here give me your best shot give me your best role give me your best take of this scene which i give them the script and then see how they react to it mm-hmm. and i see that but the next challenge that i did is okay let's say i give you these changes these different directions how you react to it and if i see a complete difference between the first time and the second time that just shows me that you have the the willingness to try. You have the yeah. willingness to change and willingness to challenge yourself. And that was an effective concept. That was a very effective way of mm. going through who can adapt. And when I see someone who did the exact same performance from the first time to the second time, I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like that's not the way we want. You know, we want someone to try. We want someone to do something different and, and see a different interpretation. And so that's how I go through the, 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 uh, the process of casting. Yeah. There has to be something to be said about like being nimble and flexible as an actor and also like show a good performance to, to you who, you know, <laughs> I love what you did about just saying, Hey, I'm just a casting assistant because I just remember like anytime I go to an audition room and they tell me the director is right there. I, Unfortunately, I, I, I clam up, like I shrink. Yeah. And then, but it's just based on what, what you did, you just give at least like some semblance of freedom for the actors to really express and, and play around, which is essentially what you want to see them do. Yeah. And that, that should be it. Like that, it should be, that's my intention of, of going to film. Like there should be some level of thought. There should be some level of passion and creativity to go around. Like, like nobody wants to, be on a set where you're just faced with consequence or disciplines. Like I just, that's how I want to be. And even on set, like I was just happy because this is what I love doing. This is something I, I really want to do forever is to be collaborative. And I have, I remember my, my cinematographer, his name is Nils. He literally went up to me and says, why are you smiling so much? And I'm like, <laughs> dude, like we're making a movie. Like, well, look at us. And he's like, Oh yeah, we are making a movie. I was like, uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> and so, like, that's kind of how my approach things. People may think I'm I'm too not serious or I'm I'm having too much fun, but at the end of the day, like, 
this is a rare opportunity. This is a rare gift. And it is not often mm-hmm. to say that you get to create a short film or to create something with a lot of people. Like this is a gift. And so what better way to do it than to have fun? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think that's that's kind of in terms of, you know, what we talk about a lot in, in this podcast, you know, making it and like it's it's not so much the destination as it is the process, you know, going through the ups and downs and, and recognizing that, you know, there may there may be a, a making it, you know, objective or goal at the end, but at the same time, making it is also, you know, how you approach it. And and it seems like, you know, it's good to hear you having a very healthy way of approaching uh, directing and and uh, this process and then now you're going to the industry and, and I think it, it's it's something that will help you definitely moving forward you know when it comes to being sh- like doing the directing and then learning from it especially because it is your final project uh, the the short film go for broke um, how did you find that element of like you know you're a, you realize you're a student you're still learning the directing process you've done some short films before but now that you're getting to something a little bit of greater ambition, you know, how have you found in terms of um, really applying your kind of certainty into your, your abilities as a director? You know, like what points do you really um, know that you're, you're, you have a clear vision on and what points do you feel like uh, maybe I don't know exactly so much, but this is how I want to approach it. Um, so in that aspect, you know, how did you feel in preparation wise going to directing this and then coming out of it? How, like, how did you, how do you feel as a director coming out of it? Yeah, absolutely. There's, I have to be honest, like there's a lot of risk involved in this. There's a possibility that things may not go well as planned. And I, I accept that. I accept the fact that things may not go well as planned. There are some mistakes and I see that with my other close directors. I get to work on the sets and I get to see mistakes happen. I see things not going well as planned and that's normal. It is, it is a mere fantasy to say that I had a perfect day on set. That's not possible. There's always be some mistakes and some sort of trouble coming around the corner. Um, I think it really comes down to expectations. Um, before I want to direct, my expectation is to learn as much as I can. That was my intention. My intention wasn't to make the best film in the world or to tell this World War II story. My intention from the very beginning is to learn and to see my mistake and to improve as a director. And that was something that I kept saying over and over again to my close heads, my my cinematographer, my editor. I kept telling them, like, don't take too much pressure on yourself. We're just here Mm -hmm. to learn. We're just here to try. Um, when it comes to going through uncertainty, like I really love planning. I really love doing research. I really love to do as much planning as possible. Um, one of the ways that I did is I storyboard and I will literally take the script that my co-writer and I wrote and I will literally storyboard the entire scene from beginning to the end that includes blocking, includes direction, the acting performance. Mm-hmm. And I took this inspiration from like, Pixar films, Disney films, where they literally storyboard the entire film and they will do like a screening of like watching these drawings with music and audio. And I did the exact same thing where I took all the drawings I created, call upon close friends, acting, actress into a room and I would tell them, hey, 
is okay if I record this table read and record this performance. I take the audio, put it in my drawings, and within like months before I start filming, I already have a first cut of my film. I have it all done already. I have it all ready from beginning to end. And I will go through the process again and asking my close friends, hey, I have this first cut of the film. They're all drawings with audios and music. What do you guys think? And that in itself became part of my process of facing uncertainty. Like there, there are some moments where you have to embrace those mistakes, embrace those failures. But at the same time, there's nothing wrong with planning as much as you can. And I had a full acceptance between both sides. And so that's how I move forward. Hmm. I, I, I did want to ask you this one thing in terms of like, coming from the other side of things, whereas you're in front of the camera, oh, sorry, well, you're behind the camera, I'm, I'm in front there. Uh, what's one thing that you wish actors knew about directors? Yeah, like, I gotta think about that. Um, yeah, like, for me, I, I will tell my, my cast that, you know, I am thankful that you're here, that I'm mm -hmm. thankful that you're sharing your time and sharing your, your, your passion through this project. Um, every single person that I've worked on the short film were strictly on volunteer basis. Mm. They're doing this because they want to, they want to do this because they care. And so I always kept telling them that I am think, so, so thankful for you to be here. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I do that not because I have to, it's not because I'm trying to be nice because that's how I generally feel. And that's how I am as a person. Like every single person that I work on the short film, they are giving their time, giving their expertise and giving their resource for this project. Uh, they were not doing this because I told them to. They're not doing this because I'm a director. They're doing this because they want to. Yeah. And so I made it very clear every single day. And I even, I even do this, like even before we start today, I literally go find a quiet place and I just like pray as much as I can and I'd be like Lord please watch over my team watch over my cast watch over my crew I don't care about this I'm happy where I am but just like please like make this a, a, as good day as possible yeah. and I, I really make sure that they are aware of that from the very beginning and I make sure they're aware of that at the end I even like message them was like hey how do you feel whatnot um, yeah. I, I feel like you know at the end of the day like once you have these close relationships with your cast and actors, you know, it became your friends, it became your, mm -hmm. your best, best friends. And, and you just are there to have a fun time. And to this day, we still talk about it. We still talk about that day on set. And mm -hmm. it's crazy that like we were only there for four days, but then it still made this impression, this really amazing impression as we move forward. And they're just super excited to hear how the short film became. And they're so excited about how, how much recognition you're receiving from film fest that they're mm -hmm. as excited as you are and yeah. and that's the thing that i want to approach is that a director and an actor should be not just friends like best friends at the end <laughs> nice no that that sounds incredible because you as a director like you you set the tone for the overall feel of the set you know if, if you're in a shitty mood and everything like that it's going to carry over into everyone from from, from your dp to to maybe even craft services or something like that. Like maybe mm -hmm. they'll like put your food on really shittily or something like that. Um, but yeah, no, it, it sounds like you, you create a, you foster a really good environment for everyone to actually do their best work, which is 
in my opinion, one of the major roles of a good director to make everyone have the freedom to do their best. Yeah, absolutely. And I've seen that in, in, in the industry as well. I worked on a show called Motherland for Salem, which is a, mm. a, a freeform production that's owned by Disney. Oh, and cool. I saw that in person of seeing multiple directors working on multiple episodes and I was the trainee assistant director at the time. I was interning through Disney internship. Mm-hmm. And I got a chance to see like six or seven directors come and go, working with the exact same cast, working with the exact same crew, but then the directors interchange because each episode, is, it has a different style. Mm-hmm. And I really got a close relationship bonds with the cast. I got a close relationship with the crew. But then when a director comes in, they really do set the tone. And when people are having a fun and, and thrilling time most nine out of ten is because of the director's mood and um i feel like that is so important because not mm-hmm. only are you the one that people look up to how you behave how you approach yeah. problems how you set the tone set the attitude like people do look up to that and this is one of those small moments when if i'm like working with a director and i'm like asking them if there's anything to help I have this one director who I, forget, I might have a comeback, but then she literally asked me, he's like, oh, like, how can I help you? Like, what do you think about the scene? Oh. And I'm like, I'm just an intern. Like, why are you asking me about my opinion? And she was that caring. She was that genuine person. And that was a director that everyone loved to work with. And so after experiencing that and seeing that, and then looking back on my past period in short film, it's like those small act of kindness, taking that initiative to be as kind as possible unconditionally is yeah. so powerful. Like it, you have no idea how much impact it can make. It can be like a long day on set, yeah. out in the rain, drenched, you know, you can't feel your bones or whatnot. But when you see just one person, especially the director, just pulling the heart and soul out, mm-hmm. it just, it, it switches you. You just lit up like a light bulb. Like, all right, yeah. cool. Let's, let's do this for 12 more hours. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, seriously, they'll keep that smile around set because that literally brightens people's days. So I can't wear a mask. <laughs> oh, true. They see those eyes is like, he's happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just you just gotta get those uh, eye smiles going. You just gotta work them, work work yeah. them out, and emphasize emphasize them more. Yeah, my eyes is really bad. I just, I just <laughs> dancing around set. It's like, hey, how you doing? You know. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I got to keep that positivity up. And like seeing the results and you mentioned uh, as well, like seeing how everybody volunteered their time and then now you're getting some some cool recognition uh, after the film is is completed. Um, congratulations on that, because, you know, you you never know going into any kind of project, creative endeavor, like how it's going to turn out. And then just even knowing what the final product is as the creative you know, just being even satisfied in that, let alone having other people now see it and then give you their, their feedback is a whole nother mm-hmm. thing. But um, yeah, it's great to see that you're getting some recognition there. And you launched a, an Indiegogo campaign to to really get some more resources to put them out on, on more film, uh, submit them to more film festivals. How has that process been in terms of really now entering a promotional phase of, of a project that you've created? And you know, what was some of the hard parts of, of getting that process off the ground? Because, you know, your short film, it's a student-led project. It, it's not going to have any kind of real 
uh, backing necessarily in the beginning. It's all hard work in the beginning yourself. So how was that process to get it started? Yeah, it, it was a really difficult decision in the first place. I was actually kind of don't want to do crowdfunding in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why. I just have this crazy uncertainty or fear um, because I'm not sure how people will react. And I, my, my co-writer and I, uh, Jerry and I, we talked about this and we decided to give it a shot knowing that it may fail or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and our intention was to uh, reach out and to engage with the community. Uh, we set the goal and that goal is just there to, to kind of help us apply for more film fest because for this short film, we literally put in as, as much time, resources, financial support as, as much as we can. And we, we pushed this as far as we can to finish it and we're happy with the results. But unfortunately, when it comes to film fest, like, we didn't have that much stuff over. Mm. And so we really did have the the expectation that it may work may not work but we we did rely on the generosity of the audience the generosity of the people backing this project up and it started small it started with like friends and family first to see if that can can like push us forward and we asked recruits like hey you know we're starting this 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 campaign and we need your support but then i'm not forcing them i'm not telling them to do it I am asking out of good heart, like, it is their choice whether or not they can pursue or not? Because my crew, they did amazing. They, they're done an amazing job making this short film possible. And so who am I to, to give them more things to work on? Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, they, they kept moving forward. They, they started to promote it on their own page. They started to share their thoughts about the project. They started to share like photos of the behind the scene works. And it really brought the crew together, brought the cast back together to work on this project again. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm really happy to announce that we did reach our goal. Like our yeah. goal was you know, 2000 and we reached like two and a half. We, we broke that record. We really, really broke it. And it, nice. it, to this day, like people will ask me questions. I would get like messages like, what is this project about? Like, where can I learn more about this? And it really assures me that people are interested and there is some, some level of support out there. Um, but of course, like, you have to put in the work first. Like it took weeks and weeks of planning before we launched it. Like there's a lot of preparation on the pitch video. There's a lot of preparation of how much we can share and how much we can share about our process. We want to make sure that we're not spoiling the short film too much, that we make sure to um look back and see like are we sharing enough because that's the number one issue that i see in other campaigns when people reveal too much to the point that people aren't interested in it and so it was a lot of process of getting my friends to look at it and say hey what do you think do you feel like this is enough to gain enough attention and so to me like i am thankful to see how the process went and the whole and while the indiegogo was happening it was actually during a weird time of film fest the funny part is is that when we first launched the campaign the day afterwards we received an email that our short film got nominated from the lee awards uh, for being the best student production there was something we did not plan at all mm-hmm. like we were like yeah we're gonna post this in the yoga we'll hope for the best we we started it and then the day afterwards 
our short film was on the website of Leo Awards. And Leo Awards is like the most prestigious film investigator for being the best film within BC. Uh, the, 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 the average estimate of submission was like over a thousand submission per year wow. and only less than 10% get in. And our film was selected as the best student production. Nice. And that literally skyrocketed our attention of the Indiegogo in our campaign. People started talking about it. People started to learn more about it. And it came at a perfect timing because I will tell them, hey, you want to learn more about it? You want to support it? Go to this page. <laughs> Go to this campaign. Yeah. And I I don't like promoting myself. I, I hate it. I hate just sharing myself or, or selling myself. I just don't like that. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, take a like, take it, you know? <laughs> but it's... um. But yeah, I am. I'm extremely grateful to uh, see things turn out well for us. And mm -hmm. now that we reach our goal, our our next plan is to apply for more film fests. And there's mm -hmm. a lot more to look forward to. And I know Toronto is around the corner. Vancouver is is coming up very soon. And so it's just looking back and seeing how much effort you put in the very beginning, seeing the result mm -hmm. now. It's it's so worth it. It is so worth it to putting your 100% in these projects. Yeah, no, awesome. no, no doubt as, as well. Um, how did it feel to get that first, you know, win? You got, you got one that says like award-winning short film. Like, how did that feel to, to put that out? <laughs> yeah, like that was surreal. Like even for, for example, Leo Wars, that was the very first film for us we got accepted to. Mm -hmm. And it was like the top already. Mm -hmm. I, we just... I was happy. I was like cheering and dancing around the kitchen tiles. I literally like, FaceTime my friends. It's like we're just like celebrating. Nice. Um, we're not celebrating the fact that we won or the fact that we nominate. It's the fact that the work that we put in is yeah. taking recognition and that mm -hmm. our work is being taken seriously and that our, our work has some sort of proof that this is a serious project and that's just not just a student productions this is something more elevated mm -hmm. and so for every single person that work on this we're just much more prouder we're just much more thankful yeah. for all the hard work we put in to the point that we're being recognized for that and so i'm extremely blessed to to have that moment and the fact that there are more film fests to look forward to and even win the uh the new york uh film awards that was out of the blue we did not expect that at all like i honestly thought we we're gonna get like third or fourth place but no yeah. like just have your name and having the the email saying that you won mm -hmm. well i mean like hey to to put it in a perfect title you went for broke or you go for broke for this type of things and then uh, sometimes you get get rewarded for it and yeah. um yeah no it's, it's great to see um, and we're really excited to see where, where it goes moving forward. Um, are you currently like working on any other projects as well? I know you're like, you're, you're working as a production, um, assistant for an industrial light magic right now. Um, you're, you're still going through the film festival campaign. Is there any other kind of projects you're, you're, you're working on? Yeah, I can definitely share this and I'm proud to announce this, but we are thinking about expanding the short film into a feature film wow, that we are nice. already like writing we're already planning what more we can learn from these characters that we saw and we're thinking about using this short film that we created as a way to pitch idea to studios and pitch ideas to possible funders mm -hmm. um and i'm excited to 
pursue this and to bring all the cast and team back together again mm -hmm. one more time and to really make this into a serious project. Um, we were thinking about applying to these film competition called Telefilm, uh, which is this massive kind of organization that supports first-time filmmakers to produce their very first feature film. Mm -hmm. It was extremely challenging to get in. There was a massive competition to look forward to. And so we're just thinking about just dedicating this time we have right now to create the best pitch and to continue to develop a story. And yeah, just all in all, just extremely thankful. I don't know how I get here in the first place. I still ask this question every day. It's like, what am I doing? How do I get here? <laughs> we can't wait to see, one day see your own rendition of, say, like a Dunkirk or your Pearl Harbor one day or your Hacksaw Ridge. So we're rooting for you, man. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, thank you. And this, this podcast is amazing. And thank you so much for listening and asking these amazing questions. I never <laughs> thought I would ask these questions answer this question at all I, I was, yeah thank you <laughs> no it's it's great to to hear from your perspective as well you know i think you are in a very unique position it, it's one that we you know we it may be tough to find this type of perspective if, if you're somebody who's looking to get into the process of making if you're interested in directing interesting in film the production side you know there there is the the pre the the during and the post and and then now the promotional side of it and uh, to get your perspective, especially somebody coming out of a film program and maybe shine a light on that, you know, moving forward. I think that that'll be helpful for whoever views this or, or sees this, uh, this episode. And, you know, we talk about the, pro we talk at Have You Made It Yet? We asked you that question at the beginning and we've, we've talked through a lot of the process now. So I do want to ask you if you have an idea you know, in the future of what making it may mean to you? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question too. Um, I, I still don't know what that may look like. Um, that may be something I might probably answered probably a little bit better in the future. But I, I will definitely say like, if, if your work inspire others to kind of follow your footsteps or it inspires others to be as, creative and, and, and daring, I feel like that is the best way to, to leave an, an impression. Um, I feel like to me, like my philosophy is like you live on this world for a short period of time. And if you're spending those time to doing what you love and to make a difference in others, that to me is, is enough. It doesn't matter the the riches or the status or how far I, I went in the film industry. It, does, it doesn't matter as, as long as you have this desire to help one another and to help each other reach your goals. Um, and I'm thankful to see that I have a lot of people who helped me along the way and helped me become the director that I am. Mm -hmm. And I look up to them. I really look up to the people who made sacrifice to be where I am. And so I just want keep moving forward and seeing how much there is left for me and see what plans I have for me. But I feel like to answer your question, if we have made it yet, it's going to happen someday. And I, I really hope that this would lead to something greater than I am. Hey, go for broke, right? Go, go for, for broke. broke. <laughs>
What a great right. motto. Uh, but yeah, no, th- thanks for coming on, sharing your experience. Um, at the end of our podcast, you know, we like, after s- spilling our, our, our guts and emotions, you know, we like to do a little, little um, a word association game at the end, just to kind of leave things on a, you know, a different, uh, lighter, it can be lighter, it can be, it can be mm-hmm. sometimes darker, uh, who knows. But um, yeah, we like to change things up a bit at the end. But um, so, the game itself is I'll have 10 words. Lucas will have 10 words and uh, we'll go through our list of words. And after each word, William, you know, have your clear your mind, you know, go into a Zen meditation state and then just answer and say the first word or idea or thought that comes to mind with each okay. word that we say. So right um, Lucas, do you want to go first? Yeah, absolutely, man. And so uh, you guys go back and forth. Like I just go after what you said. So Lucas will have 10 words. He'll go through his 10 words first, and then I'll go through mine. All right, bring it on. I asked you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. You feel good? You feel loose? Flexible? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Okay, first word of 10. This is actually like a two-parter. Michael Bay. Explosion. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Pers- yeah. Second word, pursuit. Journey. Performance. Art direction map hmm. capilano home hmm. nice broke me <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's good uh talent outreach hmm. heat cold oh, okay casting director Nice. Last one, William. Me. <laughs> <laughs> to the point, man. I love it. I love nice. it. Nice. We, we got a pace going with this game. We got a pace going with this game. All right. I don't know why I said me for broke. What the heck? Hey, the it's truth. Me. The truth. The truth will set us free. Um, dang. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> All right, William. Clear your mind. Ready. Going to a Zen place. First word is childhood fun banana bread sun kiss solitude confinement goal adventure river fishing circle of life <laughs> um, quad. the fruits yeah winning losing and finally finish bravo uh, bravo uh, what a way bravo <laughs> William what a great episode thank you for coming on uh, to the have we made it yet podcast um yeah, it's been. I think it's been a great conversation talking about your experience and and the short film Go for Broke. Um, yeah, do you want to do like a quick uh, a promo uh, for it? Like, where can people find more about Go for Broke? Yeah, you can find us on, on Instagram at uh, Go for Broke uh, Film, and you can also go on, online uh, to type on the URL Go for Broke Film.ca, 
you can learn more about this film, learn more about the team, and seeing it out close of the trailer. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll launch this online for everybody to watch for free without no charge uh, very soon in December of 2021. And yeah, like I'll see you all there soon. Great. And, and uh, sh- share with us as well, like your social media or uh, where can people find you specifically? Yeah, I'm not that special. I'm just had like a <laughs> Instagram of like some of my sketches and art. You want to look at that? You can look at on Instagram at William Wu Art. And so you'll be able to see what I do for fun. Nice, nice, man. I, I definitely, hey, I would recommend uh, a personal directing Instagram, you know, share some of those behind the scenes, yeah. some of those uh, shots of you in action. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm terrible when it comes to photos. I just look at myself it's like, oh, my God, I look so red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you. Um, great. Uh, Lucas, uh, what are your handles? Uh, everyone can find me across social media at Lucas John Ng. Again, Ng is two letters, N for Nancy, G for golf. And where can people find you, Josh? Uh, you can find me at Josh Yang Comedy across all social media, uh, as well as, you know, got to p- promo the other podcast, The Sleep with Josh podcast. If you're tired at night and you can't fall asleep, you can listen to me drone on about uh, different things as I read laws, you know, the dictionary. Uh, other boring things count sheep i read uh the digits of pi for 31 minutes and 42 seconds so right that nice. was a that was a fun nerdy episode so if if that interests you go ahead and listen to that uh sleep with josh across all streaming platforms but also hey if you like what you hear heard you like what you see for this podcast the have we made it yet podcast is available for streaming for free across all platforms check us out on our youtube channel as well uh the have we made it yet youtube channel and follow us across all social media at hwmiy podcast uh at hwmiy podcast and i did want to add one more thing um i did not know we had this but we have two reviews on apple podcasts oh yeah so if you do like what you see oh probably what you hear more on apple podcasts leave us a review we'd love to read it and also we'd give you a shout out too on the show so please let us know what you think and uh we'd love to hear what you read so yeah thank you so much comment on the on the youtube uh channel youtube videos and don't forget to like and subscribe uh to the to the channel to the podcast yeah the self promo of that bit is also cringy every time though um but okay, yeah keep trying i totally feel i totally feel that you know self-promo uh position but hey you know what thanks for coming on thank you to everyone for listening and we will see everybody in two weeks awesome right peace thank Bye. you so much mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing chumba casino this year i was only playing for fun so winning this was a dream come true chumba casino is america's number one social casino experience it's serious fun with over 80 casino style games to choose from you too could win life-changing amounts of cash be like mary log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner 